Welcome to another episode of the Alicast, episode 17, and a surprise episode, actually. Of course, I am your host, Phantom Alucard, bringing you the latest news in gaming, anime, movies, TV shows, and sometimes music. And today is not going to be a conventional episode because I'm going to be talking about a story that is ever developing as the days go on, actually as the hours go on, and will probably be developing up until the launch of Bayonetta. So it's not going to be, there's not going to be any quick news. There's not going to be any, there's not going to be any extra things like that. It's just going to be kind of breaking down a little bit of what I have found in doing some research on this, because I think it is very important to research this stuff. And I actually will, will be kind of, will be kind of covering that when, before we actually get into the story. So before we get into that, I want to encourage you all, if you are a Spotify listener or an Apple podcast listener, please drop those follows if you enjoy the content that is being brought to you on a weekly basis. If you are a YouTuber and you're watching this on YouTube, please make sure you sub, hit that like button if you like the content. I also have extra content dropping this week on Patreon for just as little as a dollar a day. If you want to support, you can get all the older episodes of the Alicast before I revamp the show to what it is today. And you can get some extra behind the scenes stuff from the from the current episodes and some other some other things that I'm working on as well. So just for a dollar a day, if you want to, you can support me on Patreon and get all of that stuff for just that. So with that being said, we're gonna jump into this and I kind of want to explain how this is gonna work before I actually do anything else. I want to explain that I have this broken down into categories because it is very important that we we stay as organized as possible when we talk about a story like this. A story that is constantly developing. So, I want to get into the research portion first. I want to get into story because we can't actually break any of this down without context of what's going on in the story. And the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, context can be, can, can be very, can be very foggy at the beginning. And we're going to get into after that, how much do voice actors make on average? We're going to talk about platinum games worth in sales. Helena Taylor versus Jennifer Hale. Does experience matter? and other voice actor complaints. So with that being said, before I do anything, I want to I don't want to stand on my soapbox or anything because I have definitely been guilty of this. I've definitely been guilty of this. So I'm not telling anybody not to do it, but I think it is very important that before we start taking taking up the pitchforks and the torches that we get more behind the scenes stories that we actually start to research some of this stuff, like how much, to, so, and, and this is for anybody that may be an, an, an aspiring voice actor too. Like that's at the, to me, while it may sound, if we go into it, it, it sounds like it's definitely, it takes a lot of time and energy to, to put forth, but it sounds like it could be fun too. So anybody that wants to do it, like this is a very important, the, this is a very not only important story, but this is also a, a very important topic to that 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 I'm talking about, which is doing the research. How much do you get paid on average? 
what is it what does a contract look like for instance because everybody's contract is definitely not going to be be the same which i'll cover more of that when we get into how much of voice actors make on average right we want to talk we want to do the research on the the people so helena taylor for instance making such a such an accusation i would do research on her and see what her body's work are what it is that she has a history of like and i'm not talking about like in her personal life i'm talking about like in when it comes to working with somebody because somebody when it comes to working with her because that could be very important element in this whole story and we would never know it because we're only getting what it is that we are seeing when we scroll through on Twitter, when we go through news publications, when we go through when we go through YouTube videos, whatever it might be, that's all we're getting, right? And at the same token, it's not just her. It's Platinum Games, too. We could be told anything. And if they have a non-disclosure agreement, which a lot of, a lot of video game companies do this, where they, they put that clause in there where you are not allowed to disclose your 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 the amount of money that you that you are making to the public there and there's probably a myriad of different reasons why that is but that doesn't exactly look good but it's not exactly a bad thing either for instance it doesn't look good to the in the public eye because it's just like well the the games industry and just voice actors period have had have had problems within the last seven years Actually, no, the, the last eight, almost eight years of not being paid fair compensation when it comes to doing voice acting. So when it, when it comes to that, we want to take a look at that because these non-closure, these non-closure agreements look nasty. But on the other hand, do you really, if you're a voice actor, do you really want to be walking out on the streets and have everybody know how much you make? Because there's really no win in this situation. You can have a lot of people that could get mad at you for just because just because you make a certain amount of money an hour for four hours while I'm standing in while I'm standing as a janitor or maybe flipping burgers at McDonald's at a, at a nine to five. And I'd barely make what you make in an hour in two weeks. So there's really no win when it comes to this, when it comes to non-disclosure or when it comes to non-disclosure agreements. Right. These are the things that we want to research. Before we start getting in, and and before we get outraged, because when we start taking either a company or a voice actor's word at at value, then we could just mess up all the. We can mess up all of the. We could definitely be blinded by our fandom, and it's so easy to have the rose-colored glasses on when it comes to when it comes to when we're when we're a fan of something and something outrages us about maybe somebody criticizing that game maybe somebody's criticizing a person that you're a fan of it's a, a lot of different things that can come into play when it comes to when it comes to outrage like this without research so i think it is very 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 important that we do the research and sometimes you got to let the story unfold but speaking of story we're going to talk about what the story is just to kind of give a little bit of context we're going to watch we're going to watch some of the things that helena said uh now her video comes out as a four-part video on twitter but i'm only going to watch like two and then i'll kind of give a little bit of, of reaction and then we'll get into platinum games side of the story so to start off 
the the title for this particular for this particular article is by MSN, which is Bayonetta actress fan uh, asked fans to boycott the third game over pay dispute. Voice actress voice actress Helena Taylor is calling on fans to boycott Bayonetta three, claiming that the developer Platinum Games allegedly offered her only four thousand dollars for the lead role. Since the first Bayonetta 3 gameplay trailers, many have been curious why Taylor did not repri- uh, reprise her role as the title character. Over the weekend, Taylor explained why in a series of videos shared on Twitter. As an actor, I trained for a total of seven and a half years. Three years at the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art Lambda with voice coach Barbara Bakery or uh, Berkery and four and a half years with the legendary Larry Moss in Los Angeles, Taylor said. What did they offer to pay me? The final offer to do the whole game as a buyout, flat rate, was $4,000. US Now, I'm not going to read this whole thing because she explains this in this video. And I know they have it in the article, but they only have one part of it. So I want to get into the first Hello, part. My Hold on. Yes, we know who you are. We're going to get into the first part. And I kind of want to, I kind of want to give a little bit of thoughts on this because I think that there's definitely more context than, than meets the eye when you listen to more than just one of these. I will not listen to all four of them because I feel like then I'm just overstaying my welcome on them. And I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it helps her case, especially with the others, with the opposition coming out. So let's go ahead and get into it. Hello, my name's Helena Taylor, and I am the voice of Bayonetta. And I would like to explain to you why I didn't voice Bayonetta 3. Bayonetta franchise made an approximated $450 million. That's not including merchandise. As an actor, I trained... Let's keep that in mind, too. She said $450 million. That is a lot of money. Okay. I don't know if I have enough zeros there, but... That's a lot of money. For a total of seven and a half years. Three years at the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art, Lambda, with voice coach Barbara Barkery. And four and a half. Holy shit, I butchered that name to shit. My bad, Barbara uh, Barkery. I had no idea that you spit, that you pronounced that. <laughs> I had no idea she pronounced that as an A and not an E. My bad. Years with the legendary Larry Moss in Los Angeles. And what did they think this was worth? What did they offer to pay me? The final offer to do the whole game as a buyout, a flat rate, was 4,000 US dollars. This is an insult to me. The amount of time that I took to work on my talent and everything that I have given to this game and to the fans. I am asking 
the fans to boycott this game and instead spend the money that you would have spent on this game donating it to charity. That's a surprise. I never would have expected anybody to ask to donate to charity, especially if you're in a dispute of $4,000. If you, if you are claiming that you are being paid a $4,000 rate, I would never expect anybody to say donate to charity. And I don't know if that was like she was trying to be on good faith to get the people on her side. That's kind of what it sounds like to me, but it, it like I'm, I, the, normally there would be somebody starting up like a Kickstarter or something just to be able to just to be able to compensate her. Like that's what I would have expected. But let's let's continue. I didn't want the world. I didn't ask for too much. I was just asking for a decent, dignified, living wage. What they did was legal, but it was immoral. Now, keep in mind, she claims she didn't ask for the world. And the problem with that is, is that that is very contradictory. That is a very contra. What, what comes next is very contradictory. It contradicts her story a lot. So I'm taking notes because it is very important to get these 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 parts to get the whole story thank you let's go back let's go to the second part now second part part 2 now those of you who follow me on twitter know that i'm more of a lover than a fighter and sometimes think i'm not very much like bayonetta at all but i guess i am a little bit more like bayonetta than i thought I understand that boycotting this game is a personal choice and there are those that won't and that's fine. But if you're someone who cares about people, who cares about the world around you, who cares about who gets hurt with these financial decisions, then I urge you to boycott this game. I decided to do it to stand up in solidarity with people all over the world who do not get paid properly for their talents. Fat cats cream off the top and leave us the rotten crumbs. You know, in England right now, there are nurses going to food banks to feed their children. You lose me right there. You lose me when you start getting off of the beaten path. Don't pretend this is where this is why I'll say don't pretend that you know what the average person is going through when it comes to this, because if you're a voice actor, you're already making more than what an average person would make in, in, in a nine to five. Uh, there is a huge, a huge difference when it comes to when it comes to what is actually happening in the world of voice acting. And in the world of anybody working a nine to five, yes, there are probably nurses out there that are going to food banks right now. But what does that have to do with your voice acting? You lose the argument already off of that. And that's the point of this, right? I'm, one thing I wanted to say is that this is missing the dramatic music, right? 
and it's not that I'm not without sympathy towards her because it, I would I would be more sympathy towards her if this was like if if we if maybe we were in the same world, but we're not. We're totally not in the same world, and this is one of those ploys that people use in 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 certain aspects of entertainment and certain aspects of business to relate to a broader public. And I think this just makes this look nasty. This is not right. This is not acceptable. It impacts mental health. Because of it, I suffered from depression and anxiety. I worried that I was going to be on the streets. That terrified me so much that once I was suicidal. We're going to get into that in a minute, too. Like in the subject and this subject right here, these two subjects right here, we're going to get into it when it comes to Helena Taylor versus Jennifer Hale and does experience matter. We're going to talk very highly in that, especially when we get to that. I am not afraid of the non-disclosure agreement. I can't even afford to run a car. What are they going to do? Take my clothes? Well, if you decline the non-disclosure, if you decline the contract that they presented to you, then there's no non-disclosure agreement to, to be broken because you never signed a contract unless it was for the last two. And I don't know how much that, and, and see, you're only bringing up this one. You haven't disclosed anything from the last two. So it's, this is why I say context and research is very important. Good luck to them. Bayonetta always stands up for those with less power and stands up for what is right and in doing this you stand with her thank you yeah so platinum games after all this came out with a statement that does a whole 180 this is from Game Informer saying that Platinum Games reportedly offered Bayonetta voice actor roughly $15,000, contradicting original claim. So let's get into it. Over the past weekend, former Bayonetta actor, voice actor Helena Taylor released a Twitter thread of videos explaining why she did not return to the voice, the voice to, uh, to voice the titular character saying she was only offered $4,000 to perform in the game. Taylor was replaced by famed voice actor Jennifer Hale, best known for her roles as, as uh, such as female Commander Shepard in the Mass Effect series and Hero Ash in the Overwatch franchise. Bayonetta developer Platinum Games told Game Informer in our cover story coverage, this change happened due to various overlapping, uh, overlapping circumstances. Taylor was quiet on the issue, and many presumed that presumed this was due to the non-disclosure agreements common in the video game industry. However, on October 15th, she released multiple, uh, multiple videos explaining that she was offered immoral compensation, whipping the internet and Bayonetta fandom into a flurry of anger towards Platinum. And this is a problem. This is something I said in the last episode, if you listen to it, that nobody... None of these businesses care about your morals. They don't care. They don't care what you think. They're going to handle business how you handle it. So you can get outraged all you want to. 
But where there's a million of uh, a million of us that probably won't buy this game, there's a million more. There's probably two million more that will. However, a new Bloomberg story, further corroborated by Video Game Chronicles, reveals new details that show there's more to this story and that Taylor claims are reportedly untrue. According to the Bloom, according to Bloomberg sources who who have knowledge of these events and how they played out. Platinum was determined to rehire Taylor to voice Bayonetta. The studio offered her $3,000 to $4,000 per session to voice the character with plans for at least five sessions on consisting of, uh, consisting of four hours in the voice recording studio. Bloomberg also viewed documentation to further confirm these no, uh, negotiations. On VGC sources told... One of V, oh, I'm sorry, on one of VGC sources told the publication that this offer, which was, which would have totaled around $15,000, was a significant increase compared to what she received for Bayonetta 2. Keep in mind, four hours is no joke, right? In a nine to five, you would be. By four hours, you're going on lunchtime. Your feet are probably tired. To, uh, your feet or your butt, uh, your, your feet are probably hurt by that point. Your butt is probably uh, fast asleep if you work at a desk job. It just depends on where you work. In a nine to five, that is four hours is tough. But you're talking about how much you would make in a four in, in, in a four hour session for five, a four hour session for five sessions, right? That's a thousand dollars a session times four. That's 4,000 times five, 20,000. So boy, they're saying roughly 15, 15,000. That's $20,000 to stand for four hours. And I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not, it's not like I'm not with, without sympathy for this because it, it, it probably takes a lot of energy to be able to sit there and voice a character with such with such creative with such a creative nature and your voice gets tired and you're standing there in the booth for four hours like I said in a nine to five if you're standing that's about the time where you're taking a lunch and you're like god my feet hurt so with that being said twenty thousand dollars for four thousand. And you go back to what she said in that video, and it, and you lose me. There are nurses that are going to food banks. How is that in relation to this? And I just want to urge people to actually open your eyes from your fandom, open your eyes from what you are being told, and research this stuff because it is very important that for those of us who work a nine to five, we hope to make $20,000 for five days and then move on to the next. We hope for this. And for a lot of people, yeah, we do say it's a lot because it is a lot to us. If you want to talk about unfair compensation, you get paid this amount to pretend to be somebody else. While we get paid, we get paid, let's say on average, 2000 a month to be ourselves. Or no, I'm sorry, 
to not be ourselves, but to cake up at work and pretend like we like people. <laughs> That's how much 2000 is how much the average American makes $2,000 a month times 12. Close to 30. Eh, they say the average American makes about 30,000, 30,000, 30,000 a year, but it's around, it's pretty close to that, right? We hope to make that much. So with that being said, when you give me a story like this, it says you are, you are, you would have grossed around $15,000 a month or, or I'm sorry, not a month for five sessions. That's effing crazy to me that we're even having this discussion in the first place. It is also crazy to me, the timing of this. So if we continue this in response to this, Taylor reportedly requested a six figure payment in residuals on the game. Platinum declined this counter offer, and after the two parties couldn't come to an agreement, began holding auditions for a new voice actor. Hale was given the role. Bloomberg reports that Platinum later offered Taylor a cameo in the game, which paid for one session, but she turned it down. And for one session, and I think this is where it really gets nasty, right? Because if she's talking about $4,000, right, for one, for a flat rate for one session, yes, that is actually a lot of money just to cameo in a game for a four-hour session that pays you $1,000 an hour for one session. That is absolutely nuts to me that we are outraged over that. If anybody is outraged over that and has not done the research, do not just believe anybody at face value. Don't take what they say at face value. Do the research because where there's one story, there's always a second story. There is always going to be a second story. And things have just gotten out of place. So let's get into our next, let's get into, our, or it, it's gotten out of hand. So let's get into our next category of how much do voice actors make on average? I'm going to skip one of these. I'm going to take this one out and we're going to go here. Because voice actors make, I'm going to skip down here and we're going to say, we're going to do all the voice actors positions. So Radio Spot gets anywhere from $250 to $350 an hour. TV commercials make anywhere from $100 to $10,000. Audio books, $2,000 to $5,000. And video games, $200 to $350 an hour. Starring role in an animated Feature film is about ten thousand dollars. So, with that being said, if we take if we take the calculations of three fifty times four hours, that's fourteen thousand dollars, right? Times five, which is seven thousand dollars. Already, you're making above what the average what the average voice actor makes. And now, keep in mind. This could be different between the contracts, right? Because we, we still don't know what a contract looks like. And I think that what would have helped this story is if that if if you were so unafraid to show us the to talk about the non-disclosures, then you would have disclosed the last two. Now that would have got you out. They they probably would have got you on that. But at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, you have to show the audience what a contract looks like. You can't just say, oh, they pay, they pay me unfairly, and it's very, it's very immoral the way that they paid me and how much they pay me. No, show us what a contract looks like. Help the average person that doesn't go through these contracts actually look at a contract and teach us what it looks like so that we can be on your side. But when you start saying like this stuff like, well, this... Well, the nurse does this, she, they go so, but yeah, they probably do, but you don't understand that because in your field, yes, you have to work 
you have to work extra hard, okay? Now, there's an article. I don't know where I put it at. But in this article, it says that, oh, wow, I have a new tab. Uh, in this article, it says, a guy says 4000 sounds like a lot of money. But there's a lot of work that comes into it, right? Like there's travel. There's a travel that doesn't get paid for. There's a lot of energy that you have to put into the voice acting. And uh, and every contract is much different than than what than what uh than than somebody else's, right? So if we go further down this, right? And we go to entry level and we start talking about the levels of 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 voice actors, entry level voice actors. 13,000 make anywhere from 13,500 to $31,999 per year, which is about the av- what the average American makes depending on what job they work, right? Mid-level voice actors make 69,000 to 87 uh, $87,499 per year. Experienced voice actors make 100 $111,500 to $199,000 per year. This, and maybe I did this prematurely, but I think this can be put into the experience category as well, which I will cover this way more. When we talk about people, when we talk about what their experiences are, this is important to look at. It is very important to look at. And we're going to get more into that as we go further into this. But before we get into this, we're going to go into Platinum Games. Now, this could very well be a, a, a bad chart. But as of, and this isn't updated, so if anybody finds anything else, like I am really glad to know. It would, would, would be really, really, really glad to see what you find on this. But... According to their total lifetime revenue as of February 17th, 2021, they were worth 50.2 million with the average revenue per game being 3.6 million. Now, when you talk about what she was talking about, because she said they, they averaged what about 400, she said 450 hundred million dollars. These numbers contradict that because if we look at these charts and keep in mind i am not taking this chart at face value but if we were to go based off of this chart right you have metal gear get metal gear rising revengeance being their highest grossing title ever with bayonetta coming in a close second well not even close that's about almost half half of what that gross right and that's as a and that was released and they're showing a title release April 10th, 2017. So we don't know if this is like over a whole. I don't know how much it would it would cost to actually gross this much. But even if we're talking about $450 million, right? You have to figure you have to figure this. While you are the star of the show, you do not make up the entire cast. And that's kind of where things get blurry that's where the lines get really blurry because who are we paying then are we paying the engineers behind the scenes that make sure that your sounds and and that your levels are right are we paying more so the uh, the developers and animation and whatnot 
and this also goes depending on what kind of games that you're making too. So like if you're talking like, um, let's say uh, a last of us where people are probably in there doing the, not only the voice acting, but they're actually in doing like facial captures and everything like that. You have to, you have to consider like, how much are you paying for this kind of technology? Not only that, but you got to keep the lights on in the building somehow. Not, not only that, but you're probably paying insurance. I mean, I could very well be wrong, but you know, people need health insurance. So you're probably paying for that. Not only that, but you're probably paying for insurance for the building. You're probably paying insurance for the equipment. Not only that, but you're getting taxed pretty heavy. And when you get taxed on a business that you own, they're trying to take a solid 40% off. Which is a lot. It doesn't seem like a lot, but that's a lot depending on how much you're making. So not only that, but then you have to manage that. Then you have to manage It's not just the voice actors. You have to consider everything else going around you. Because while you as the voice actor are making all these, uh, all this amount of money, the average, the average, and that's something I should have, I actually should have brought up into this, was the average game developer probably doesn't make even nearly as much as you do. And they do so much more when it comes to when it comes to even making even even matching the character to your voice. That is a lot of work. These are people that don't even get to see their families while you're complaining about five, five, five days for four hours per day. That's nuts to me. And they probably won't even bring home nearly as much as you will just for those five days. So with that being said. When I look at when I look at platinum games and what they're worth, again, this could very well be wrong. But then I look at their body of work. I look at all their bodies of work. Let's see. Where do we have their bodies of work at? They don't have a lot. They all have a lot to show for it. And they have about three hundred and I believe it's three hundred and three three employees as of right now. And they have, let's see, 6, 9, 12, 15, 18. They have 19 titles that they've worked on. And keep in mind, they've only been around for, I'd say, what is it? They were, they were introduced around 2006. Let's see, they have a bio in here. They were they they were established in 2006. It is now 2022. So that's about 16 years. 16 years, 19 bodies of work. Okay, that's not too bad. But then we start to think, well, how how well do those 19 bodies of work do? Because some of those bodies of work might not they might not have been selling it for for the price that you would get for a normal AAA title. A lot of their revenue, in fact, probably comes from being published by Nintendo or Sega or Activision, whoever it is that publishes them at the time of depending on what title that they're making. So when we start to talk about, well, this game grossed about $450 million, well, also, well, then who, who were they? It grossed $450 million. Okay, let's say I concede to that. Well, where did the rest of that 450 million go? Well, probably didn't go all to Platinum Games. It probably went to Nintendo. Probably went to uh, Microsoft. Probably went to PlayStation. Whatever these games are, whatever these games are, whatever platform these games are set to be on, they take a cut of that too. And the, keep in mind, it's probably not a very small cut either. 
so when you start to look at the the the, the vast the vastness of where that money could have been gone and you complain about four thousand dollars for one session we'll say because that's where it starts to look like that's what you're mad about is that you're expecting more than what you're worth but we'll get into that uh, we'll, we'll actually get into that in a few minutes because i'm gonna spend a heavy amount of time of this episode on these on helena taylor and jennifer and Jennifer Hale. That's where I'm going to spend a vast majority of time on. There's a lot of things that when we start talking business, and I think like, I don't know, because certain voice actors are prom, certain voice actors that may be prominent probably understand this a lot better than somebody that isn't as seasoned. And when we start talking about the business aspect, I think a lot of the less experienced people really get it twisted so if we go into this and maybe she did this for cloud who knows because that's a, that would be a brilliant move on her part too not not brilliant in the sense that her reputation won't get fucked but brilliant in the sense that she was trying to get her name out there so let's get into helena taylor versus jennifer hale and their ex, their respected experiences so i have an imdb pulled up of helena taylor and all of her bodies of work. You can count it. If we go down to 1992. 1992. From 1992. To 2014. You've only done 24 bodies of work. I'm not buying what you're selling. And some of this stuff doesn't even look like it was popular either. Like. I might say, let's say, let's see, let's see out of this. I'll say Dragon Age Origins was probably your most popular works. Bayonetta. Bayonetta 2. Uh, Bayonetta Blood Fury. Bloody Fate. Or Bloody Fury. Bloody Fate. Um, Maybe Valkyrie Profile. Probably Valkyrie Profile. And what else? What else? What else? Because she's not just a voice actress either. She's also... An actor, an actress as well. She's been on she's been on series such as Stargate Atlantis, which she only did one episode. She's been on Liars of what no, I'm sorry, not that. Uh what what's another one that I might know of here? It's not too much that I know about. Like I never heard of Cockpit. But she's been in Smash Bros. Smash Bros. is a fairly popular series. So it's just like you're talking about how much you're struggling. Oh, Helsing, Helsing Ultimate. That's a good one. That's fairly popular. You're talking about how you're struggling, but how are you struggling this much? And I haven't seen it. In, and in 2014, it's the last thing that they have you marked for. And IMDb is normally pretty good for, for keeping up on what's going on. But to me, this just looks, it, it, this just makes it look nastier. Whereas if I go to Jennifer Hale, if you don't know who she is, if you've never watched a cartoon or played a video game in your, in your, in your life, then you don't know who she is, but I'm assuming that you have. And and to be honest, if she if you've watched it or played it, she's voiced it. I mean, she has 472 works. It is this is nuts. From the Justice League to to Shaolin Shaolin Chronicles, Shaolin Showdown. You have of course Elder Elder Scrolls Morrowind. Let's see, she did the Justice League. She did of course she did Overwatch. What else has she done? Um, 
But she did Middle Earth, ew. But, you know, she did Metal Gear Solid. Uh, the first and second one, I believe she did a graphic novel too, but she did, she did some, she did Gears 3, SOCOM 4, I mean, she looks like she is taking her job serious, and some of this stuff that, that you go through when you look through the list, it's just like, man, this is night and day compared to Helena Taylor, right? Meanwhile, this, meanwhile, Jennifer Hale is coming out with statements like, while I believe in fair compensation, I've always stood on the belief of fair compensation for voice actors. Now, I am not going to disclose what I'm making due to the, and I'm not going to disclose the, the, the details of what I'm getting paid due to the non-disclosure agreement. Now, that's paraphrasing, but that sounds like a woman is getting paid. And not only that, but she's been in... It's, Oh man, she's she's done some real life stuff too. Like she was she was a voice actor. She she did voicing for the news announcer in the Big Bang Theory. I mean, you name it, she has done it. She did Ben Ten. She oh the list just extends so far. And some of this stuff she's done multiple voices and she's done the Powerpuff Girls as Miss Keen, Princess Mary. But like she did the low, the little, the old lady, Sedusa. She's done, she's done a lot of things. She's done. She has tenure, which is crazy to me. That somebody with twenty four projects is asking for six figures, and this on Jennifer Hale's list is from nineteen eighty eight. Now, again, I will take into account that it's probably hard to get work. It's probably hard to get work as a voice actor. It is very hard to get work. Like, people think that actors actually just get the roles right off the bat. Like, no, there's a whole process to the shit. Like, you got to stand in line. You got to practice the lines. And they and then you got to perform the lines for the people auditioning you. And they actually have to like, they actually have to like what you're doing. They have to, it has to match their vision. Like, there's so many things that take that take place into this that people don't actually understand. And it's no different from voice acting. I, I'd, I'd argue it might be more, it might be even more, um, it might have more of an effect on voice actors because they're not actually acting in this. They're just providing their voices, right? Not to mention, yeah, they, they get flown. They, they don't get flown out. They have to fly out. To, but if that, if that's the case, then you should be, working you should be working hard i would imagine you should be working hard to get those roles now i would imagine that a lot of actors and actresses all talk about man management i am pretty sure voice actors have management as well i'm very positive of this so when it comes to when it comes to that i thought management's job was to provide you with opportunities for new roles and that could, and maybe, maybe in, in Helena's case, she's been turning down roles because of compensation. And if you tell me that you've been, you put painstaking work in training for seven years, I'm expecting more than just 24, 24 projects that you were banking on to make you successful. I'm, count, I'm, I'm looking for more of that. I'm looking to see where your training actually comes from. Because when I look at Jennifer Hale, her voice is very prominent in the in the space. And she's worked very hard. And some of these, 
some of the and, man, this is where we got to stop. We got to stop letting pride get in the way. I can almost guarantee you that some of these projects that she's worked on, she probably got paid peanuts. I can guarantee you. Let's see if I can find one that looks like a peanut project. Um, I would say, I would say something like the Winx Club was probably a peanuts, a peanuts pair. I might argue that I might argue that SOCOM, even for as good as SOCOM was, I would argue that SOCOM was probably a peanuts pair. Uh, what else does she have on here that might have been a peanuts pair? I would argue that the Da Vinci Code video game was a pro was probably a peanuts. Like you got to think about this. Like it's not just about getting the bigger roles. Sometimes you got to take the smaller roles in order to get to the bigger roles. And it looks like Jennifer Hale understands this. From 1988, and if you've never heard of, and she's been in, she's she's been in more things. If you've never heard of this show, like. I don't, I don't know what to tell you, but she was in, in the heat of the night, which is cool. Cause I watched that and that's dope that she, she came such a long way. I can look at her and she only did one episode. So a lot of these people start off doing like one episode projects. Maybe they're in there for like maybe about an hour or so who knows how long they're there, but they start off in the smaller roles and then they work them their themselves up too much bigger roles think about mark hamill for instance like he started off in probably one of the biggest i don't know actually i don't know what mark hamill started off he might be a really bad example of this but i mean if you're thinking that you're going to be a mark hamill and start off in what would arguably 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 become one of the biggest series then you're sadly mistaken because even the star wars series was a gamble like nobody knew that star wars was going to do as good as well as it is as it did and last as long as it did, like nobody had that, like not even George Lucas know that knew that. Right. So when I look at Jennifer Hales and then I look at yours from 1992 all the way up until 2014, what have you shown me that shows that you deserve six figures? Nothing. Because if we're talking about, if we're talking about your body of work, I'm not impressed. You banked off of three titles, three big titles, to, to help you to get to fame. I, I'll say, I'll say five, five big titles to help you get to, 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 to help build somewhat of a value. But then when you start asking for six figures and people get outraged, then I ask the people, well, why are you getting outraged just for a voice actress when there's so many other people behind the scenes that probably get paid less than her? Why is this a conversation? And you can go to our IMDB. Let me tell you something. Want to know something else? If you ask me who, who Jennifer Hale is and who Helena Taylor is, I'd know who Jennifer Hale is. I would, I do not know Helena Taylor. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't think that she's worth six figures with only 24 bodies of work. And I think this is where we all need to have the conversation of, of, are we creating, are we giving ourselves a value that doesn't exist? Instead of creating a, a value that we see ourselves at. Meaning, are we just saying we're this valuable without having putting in, in the work to be that valuable? Or are we creating that value to say that we are and showing that we are? Helena also said 
or I'm sorry, Jennifer Hale also said that my work speaks for itself. And she's not wrong. And just Metal Gear Solid alone, if you don't know her voice. Like, I was shocked to hear her twice. She was in Metal Gear Solid 1 as Dr. Naomi. And she was in number two as Emma Emmerich. Like, if you don't know her voice, like, her work speaks for herself. And it shows. It shows you can go through 475 of her works. And, oh, I'm sorry, 72. I'm giving her more credit. You can go through these things. And even now, if you go through this one, this this title here, Goblins Animated, who the fuck's going to watch that? But she took it. She took it. And that's what you have to do. You have to take these peanuts in order to get to in order to get to the top. And I think that is why Jennifer Hale is in the position that she's in. Also, if you're talking about people like a Morgan Freeman, for instance, I'm gonna actually look this up in in the last in the last other other voice other voice actors complaints. If you're talking about like active voice of people that act and do voice acting like Morgan Freeman, for instance, maybe a uh, Phil Lamar is actually a better example of this. I knew Phil Lamar. Of course, everybody knows him from Pulp Fiction, but also on Mad TV. He probably took peanuts. He'll sit there and tell you like a lot of these things probably don't pay that well. But you take the projects. You take the projects to give yourself a body of work, to give yourself the value that you're looking to seek, that the value that you're seeking. And you develop your talents even further. I'm sorry, seven years is not enough to make you valuable to me. You can have all the experience you want. And this doesn't just work in voice acting either. This also goes for anybody that's working a job too. Anybody that's working a nine to five job, you have to provide a certain amount of value in order to get in order to get into a position that you want to be in. And sometimes that's not all that sometimes it's not always the case. Sometimes people are just really good at kissing ass and they end up getting the, the positions. And then sometimes the people that works the hardest end up getting the end up being the ones that get fucked the most. But none the, but regardless of that, it's it's the fact that and, and before I continue, sometimes sometimes the job will promote you based off of the training that you receive from them. Sometimes the the jobs will train you themselves because they find it easier to train you rather than somebody coming in with the training because those that come in with the training might come in with a bigger ego than they need to have trying to tout all this bullshit and it's just more of a hassle than it's worth. So why put them in power, right? It just depends on the circumstances. It depends on the, on the situations. But if I'm going off of just experience alone, is experience important? Yes, it is absolutely important in this. And I'm sorry, Bayonetta is not enough. Bayonetta, Smash Bros., and um, Dragon Age Origins and uh, Helsing, it's not enough for me to be impressed by your bodies of work and make me outraged about about you getting $4,000 for one session. I'm sorry, you are worth $4,000 if you can only provide me 24, if you can only provide me 24 bodies of work. And again, I'm taking into consideration that maybe it wasn't as easy for you to get into voice acting. But in that in that particular position, I would have I would have taken the stance of, well, what else can I do in this industry to make me valuable while still kind of doing this on the side, maybe. And maybe if the side maybe the side project will turn into more of a full time thing. But I'm not seeing anything that's prominent for you besides like five five titles on here. Everything else, I'm, 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 I, 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 it's, it's not as interesting. 
And from 1992, and you study for seven years, you would think you'd have more to show for it. So there's one of two things that's happening. Because I said one of them, that maybe it was hard for her to get work. Or you're turning down roles that you need to be taking to, to help you build your body, to help you build your body of work. Now, this isn't the only time that this has happened, right? Because we're going to get into the last of these of the topics, which is other voice actors' complaints. This is not the first time that we've seen this. People have gone on strike for almost a year because of fair compensation. For almost a year, 340 days. And if we read this article, which is Wikipedia, but, you know, it's still information and we're going to gather it. So when I read this article, I'm just like, okay, what's the real problem so let's read it the 2016 to 2017 video game voice actor strike was a strike started in october 2016 by the screen actors guild america federation of television and radio artists union against 11 american video game developer and publishers activision blind light core of a core of the Pardon me, Core of Discovery Films, Disney Character Voices, Electronic Arts, not surprising there, Formosa, uh, Formosa Interactive, Insomniac Games, Interactive, Associate, uh, Interactive Associates, Take-Two Interactive, Voice Works Productions, and WB Games, which, again, I'm not surprised when it comes to WB Games. WB Games is trash anyway, but overfailed over failed contract renegotiation terms that have been in discussion since February 2015. Principally, the union sought to have actors and voice and motion capture artists that contribute to the video games be better compensated with residuals based on video game sales atop their existing recording payments while the industry companies asserted that the industry as a whole eschews the use of residuals, and by giving the actors these, they would trivialize the efforts of the programmers and artists that are most responsible for the development of the games. In exchange, the companies had offered a fixed increase in rates and a sliding scale upfront bonus for multiple recording sessions, which the union had rejected. Other issues highlighted by the strike action include better transparency in what roles and conditions actors would perform, more safety precautions, and oversight to avoid vocal stress for certain roles, and better safety assurances for actors while on set. I could see that for anybody that's doing motion capture. I can definitely see that. For voice... I could kind of see it because people's voices could go out. This isn't the first time this has happened. So while people are outraged about this, to me, what re- what resonates more in this is the people behind the scenes, the people that put forth the work in developing the creating the creative aspect. You're just a hired hand at that point. You're a contractor, just like the developers. You're just contracted by the developers to help bring out their vision. Why are you making more? If you want to talk about equal pay, then that's fine. If you want to talk residuals, 
then the, 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 the developer is not the only person you have to go to. Then you have to take it to higher than that. You got to take it to the platforms. You got to take it to the big three. Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony. Got to take it to them too. You can't just stick with the publisher. You got to take it to whoever they're putting the platforms onto because they're paying them. They're, they're getting money for these too. That's where most of the money for Xbox and PlayStation and Nintendo come from is the games, digital and physical sales. It's not the consoles. The consoles keep the lights on. It's the other stuff. So when you start to understand the business aspect of all of this, and when you start to do the research, her claims look disgusting. I'm sorry. You are not the end of the world. And when I heard Jennifer Hale talk, you know what? I'm more so, I'm more... I, I am more likely to gravitate towards her comment than I am towards to Helena. Sorry. Can't do it, Helena Taylor. I cannot do it. I am not buying what you're selling me. And at the end of the day, ever since these claims have come out, and this story, like keep in mind, this story could very well develop within the next within the next couple of weeks, for all we know. Because Helena has not said a word since this has come out today. And this is quick. So at the end of the day, I'm not buying what you're selling, Helena. Now when we have actors, when we have more prominent voice actors than you, like let's pull up David Hayter for a second. Let's pull up David. We're going to do David Hayter. And then we're going to do, let's see if I can find this IMDB right here. We're going to pull up David Hayter. And then we're going to pull up TC Carson. For those of you that don't know who T.C. Carson is, he is the original voice actor for Kratos. He was also in a TV show. He is most known for his TV show is Living Single for anybody that's old enough to know what that show is and anybody that cares about it. He's been in quite a few things himself. So we're going to start with David Hayter. David Hayter. Oh, can I find his... Let me see if I can find what he's been in. He's, of course, he's well known for Metal Gear Solid. We all know that. Let's go to full filmography. He has 73, 73 things that he's credited for. That's not as much, but he's still credited for quite a bit of things, right? And this is from 1979. Which I'm actually surprised. I did. I had no idea that this was the case. Let's see how old he is. How old is he? Uh, he was born in '69, so he would have been 10. If I'm if I'm calculating this correctly, let's go to. He's done. He's directed. He's directed three things. He's written ten things. He's produced six things. He's been additional crew in one. He's done self thirty self things. He has a lot of things that he's done. As side projects, like there's so many things that he's done, right? So over, why did I bring up David Hayter? Well, the reason why I bring up David Hayter is because David Hayter was an iconic voice for Solid Snake. If you want to complain about anything, I would complain. And I love you. I love you, Kojima. But why the fuck did you do David Hayter so dirty? That was nasty what happened to David Hayter. Like, not even getting the call for Metal Gear Solid 5. Like, yeah, sure. 
Kiefer Sutherland is great and all, but you just took out one of your most iconic voices. And the way that you did it was so dirty and the way that he explained it, I could buy into it. And you know what? That didn't stop him from working. And it was disappointing. Hey, why did I bring up T.C. Carson? T.C. Carson, let's see how much he has. He's credited for 102 things. Let's see where he got his start in. He actually started in some, it looks like it was a TV movie, A Mother's Courage. He's been, he's been in quite a few things. Again, one of his most prominent works was Living Single. And then come when God of War first came out, he was voice actor for Kratos for quite some time. Until about, let's see, where was he last spotted at in as Kratos? We're going to say, I think it was around 2015, 2013, maybe. Let's see. Ascension 2013. That was the last time you've seen him. Then they had to change. They had to change up because... This is a little bit more understanding, but how they did it was dirty. Because he didn't have the build for to do to do the, the motion capture for for Kratos. So of course they gotta they gotta change up the, the but they never told him. Like these are the things that they that needs to be talked about. Yeah, sure compensation is great. I'd be more on board with compensation if you talk about motion capture. That's where you keep me at. That's how you keep my attention. That's how you, that, and I, and I would argue that would be, that would be the conversation to have, but even he has built up some sort of, some sort of worth work ethic that even to this day, he is in pre-production for four things. What is Helena Taylor doing? Just take two. You don't have to agree with me. Let me, let me just end here. You don't have to agree with me. But take one of two things into account. Either it's hard for her to get work, which is understandable, or she is turning down the peanuts that will help her build her portfolio and her value. Take those into consideration and take into consideration some of the people that we've lost in voice acting, some of our most iconic characters. Sam Fisher was a different story. Michael Ironside had cancer, so that's more understandable as to why they had to change his voice. But take into consideration like people like David Hayter. Let's take into consideration. Let's take into consideration how much work that Jennifer Hale, people like Jennifer Hale has put in. The actors that turn voice actors have put in. Let's take those things into consideration over the actions of just, over the word of just one lady one woman that you will probably never hear about that you probably haven't even heard about you just know bayonetta but you don't but do you know who plays bayonetta's name you probably didn't know it until she came out or maybe you did who knows there's a lot of different things to take i'm just saying that before we get into outrage let's let the story unfold and let's see where it takes us and then ask yourself, depending on what the ending is, was it worth it to get outraged? Was it worth it to boycott a game that you had no idea what was actually going on behind the scenes with? Or was it worth it 
Was it worth it to fall into the rut that she put you in? That's all I'm asking. No dramatic music. None of this standby Bayonetta shit. I am asking you as a consumer to use critical thinking. Think critically the next time that somebody comes out and says something and makes allegations against either a singular person, and that could be anybody, or a business. And then ask yourself, what can I do if, if, if morals is so important to us, what can we really do? Because boycotting is only one part of it. If you want to boycott, fine. But there's more aspects to it. Because then you got to take it off the algorithms. And I don't know about y'all, but whenever I see somebody complain about uh, like a certain game or something, you know what I normally see in the algorithms? That same game normally gets put in a, in a mid-roll ad. Or that same movie gets put in a mid-roll ad. Those things that people are, are, are complaining about normally get put in those mid-roll ads. You ever notice that? You see it in the title, and then all of a sudden, you'll, 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 let's say you're watching your favorite YouTube video, you see it in the title, and then, uh, like, this is terrible. We'll, we'll say Bayonetta 3 is terrible, right? And then soon after, you'll see Bayonetta 3 coming soon in a mid-roll ad. So just consider these aspects. Consider whether or not the voice that you are using is worth... Consider... Because boycotting is essentially voting with your wallet. But in order to vote with your wallet, you must divert your eyes from certain aspects. In graphic, in multimedia graphic design, one of the things that one of my teachers taught me was that the first thing that people, that appeals to the human eye is the title, the font, the color, everything. You must avert your eyes from it. If that is what you so choose to do. And that's not to say that platinum games isn't disgusting either, because there are things that platinum game, that platinum games head has said that I am just like, okay, you can't say obey my rules at the end of your tweet and then think that that's okay. Cause that's definitely not okay. That just means that just sounds to me like you're trying to control people from speaking their minds and you can't do that. It's impossible for you to do that. So at the end of the day, this whole situation, we need to wait to unfold it. I'm just giving you a little bit of a breakdown of some of the things that I have found and some of the things to consider before we start getting up in arms over a comment that a famous person or quote unquote famous person has made. And that's it for this episode. Again, you know where to find me in the description. There's links in the description below. You all have a good day. Y'all have a good week. I will see you next time for the next episode. And I will also have that extra content on Patreon for you this week. Y'all have a good day. I'll see you next time. Peace.